Black is beautiful. Black is love. It can be seen 365 days a year, 24-7, and Target is here for all of it. Black Beyond Measure is Target's year-round campaign that celebrates and elevates the spectrum of Black love and success. From the multitude of commitments and investments in the Black community to supporting HBCU students and uplifting Black entrepreneurs. Shop Black-owned or founded brands at Target from home decor and candles to beauty, wellness products, and so much more. Surround yourself, enjoy, and amplify your Black love with the help of the Black-owned and founded brands at Target every day. Visit Target.com slash measure to learn more. Hi, I'm Cody Elaine Oliver. I created the popular Black Love docuseries with my husband after seeing the lack of Black people in media and entertainment in happy, loving relationships. We were actually being told there was a Black marriage crisis. So I asked Black people who were married what it takes to make their marriage work. And after more than 200 interviews, I've heard it all. So buckle up and enjoy getting the full story directly from the couples themselves. This is Black Love, The Interviews. Uh, how did we meet? Um, we met at a mutual friend's barbecue, a guy named Lamont Farrell, who was a television writer. He was having a barbecue. I think if they call it the Philly Fest, is because he's from Philadelphia. And I went with a friend of mine, Anne's Mitchell, who was the owner of a comedy club here in Los Angeles. And she, who'd you go with? I went with my next door neighbor and- Shawnya. Shawnya. <laughs> and I remember we were playing, actually, I remember this quite well because all the women were standing around checking out the men, but the men were all playing sports. They were playing basketball. They were playing- uh, Basketball. Basketball, but somewhere like- We were like, there for a three on three basketball. That's the only reason I went because they were playing three on three basketball. So I was like, Oh, I'll go because I wasn't interested in anything else but the basketball. So we went to play basketball. And it was like we were around junior high boys because they were doing nothing but ignoring us. So we decided to do what we wanted to do, which was play volleyball. So all the girls got together. We went out. We started playing volleyball. And when the guys saw the girls playing volleyball, they ran over. They jumped in. This one in particular. No, no. I don't know that we ran and jumped in because we saw y'all playing. Oh, absolutely. No, no. I got eliminated early. Okay. And when I got eliminated early, there was nothing to do. So I was like, I guess I'll play since I'm here. And so I went over and all the guys that were playing were the ones who had been eliminated because they were still playing. A very few. Because well, it's elimination. All, all the guys came <laughs> over, all of them were trying to play and get in our game. And this one rotated in front of me. Across the I, net. Yes, across the net. And I happened to say, because I'm a little competitive, volleyball's my game. I happened to say, I'm about to spike this ball down your throat. And he said, who, who are you? And then I felt a little embarrassed. I'm like, maybe that was a little harsh. But I knew from that moment on that he was pretty smitten by me. Okay. He just like started gushing right after that. None of that happened. And I did spike the ball down his throat. <laughs> okay. I don't think, I don't know who won what. But I do know that we talked that like, I feel like since that day, we've been together since then. Yeah. Like we went out and got, I asked her to go out with coffee. So her and I went out with the people we came with, my friend and her neighbor. And we went to have coffee that that, uh, that evening. Night. Yeah. And the very next day. We went out to dinner. Yeah. Right. We went to dinner. And, and he quizzed me. It was like the second day. And I 
was surprised because I'm pretty much on top of, I was on top of the men like I dated, who who were they, what were they about? And I noticed that he was the one like quiz, quizzing me. He was asking me questions like, do I want to get married? How many children do you have? What kind of family did you come up? Um, do you, did, did you, you come up, from? Did yeah. you come from? Right, right. Where did you grow up? I wanted to know. I, because, you know, I think, because I think that at that time, I knew then that I didn't want to just be out here messing around. I, you know what I mean? I, mm-hmm. Even though I wasn't like, I wasn't old, but I was past just being out here playing. And I just wanted to know, cause she didn't, she seemed like the kind of woman that, you know, was, she seemed like a wife immediately when I met her, I knew her. So, so that, so I have, I had those questions. I asked questions that I felt like would be, you know, relevant to what I thought the potential of our relationship was. And she answered most of them right. So where were you in your lives? Were you, how old were you? What were you doing maybe professionally? Julie was stripping. Um, I said, please, you don't have to live like this. And uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, and some people will actually believe that. That's you were a, a dancer. hard pro- problem. Well, Julie was a well, classically you t- trained dancer. Like I was trained. <laughs> I was actually writing for a magazine at the time. I was writing for Dance Spirit magazine. Mm-hmm. I was trained. I was a. I was still a rockhead, wasn't I? I was um, you were radio finishing city, up being a New York Radio City rockhead. rockhead. Yes. I was a Broadway dancer and touring with Jimmy Buffett. And touring, oh yeah, and touring with Jimmy Buffett. He knows what I was doing because he quizzed me that night. No, you didn't. No, no, you didn't tell me what you did for a living. Uh-huh. You told me that you had to. When she was like, "I have to go out and do some con," I do consultation work. That's what she said because she had to leave town soon after we met, and she didn't say where she was going. Now I was, I was work. I was running a family practice clinic in Culver City because I'm a nurse at the time. I was a nurse, and I was running a family practice clinic in Culver City, and I was doing stand up. Uh, in the evening, I was pursuing my stand-up. And so she was like, oh, I got to go out of town for five days or a week or something. And so I, I didn't know what she did. I just knew she would go in and out of town. I, I had no idea what she did. And I remember I wanted to, and, you know, I was like, why don't you come watch me perform? You know, I'm a comedian, I'm performing, you know, guys. We just, And she was like, ah, you know, she didn't want to go. She didn't want to go in the beginning for a while because she was afraid I wasn't going to be good. And I was afraid. Literally, I had these visions of people throwing tomatoes at him. (laughs) I was 29 at the time. This was, gosh, now it's like 17 years ago. Right, right. And so she didn't think that I... So I was like, you should come see me. I'm going to be at the lab factory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then (laughs) I think um, she was performing somewhere. And this is when she finally told me she was working. This is how I found out what she did. And I, I don't know if, was I in Vegas? I don't, know. I don't know if I was in, the bottom line is she was performing in Las Vegas. And I was like, Vegas? Like, I'm like, oh, she's stripping. That's so right? ridiculous. Like, that's what I thought. I thought she was like, I thought she was, you know, stripping. So I was like, well, you know, if she's stripping, I might as well go see this stripper ass. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> so, so I go to Vegas and is that when you got me to, Tickets for the concert? I'm sure, yeah. Okay, so she got me tickets to see Bill Cosby perform that night. I went to see Bill Cosby one night, and then the next night I went to see, or no, later that night, I went to see her perform. And I was like, where are you performing? She said, at the MGM Grand. And I went, what? What, what, what is going on? So I walk into the MGM Grand, which is a huge arena, 
and Jimmy Buffett is performing and she's on stage that, you know, she's dead. She's a background dancer. And it's like she knew I was in the room because you know how they, when you go to see big concerts, they have the big jumbotrons. And I remember when they had some kind of little solo or something to jump, the camera hit her and she was on the jumbotron and she winked. I said, oh, this bitch is good. <laughs> I said, she good. And like, oh my, whatever I thought I was doing as a comedian just went. <laughs> and she was so, my wife will never tell you all the great things that she's accomplished in her career. And that's never been her thing, which I thought was another thing that I thought was great about her. And I mean, like that was the beginning of us. You once again fell in love with me. Okay. I was, when the you winked in the now. camera, I was done. I was like, oh, she know what she's doing. She set me up. <laughs> that was good. That, that was, that was good. And that was. And it got us here. And again, now we sit on the couch years 17 years later. She's still winking and bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Did I wink every time? No. Yeah, I literally, I would say I did not week every time I was performing. I really sensed that you were in there. Yes. yes. And it was, yeah, because it was perfect. It was, I was like, like 20,000 people. It was 20,000 people in there. And I, was, and I was on the opposite end of the arena. Like I wasn't, I was way on the other end because I just walked in. And it was, yeah, it was something to say. Got, Got me. Got me good. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was good. Yeah. So we, we met in 2001 right. and we were engaged in 2002, Two. married in 2003, but bam, right after that, we were pregnant. Uh, we had Anna Grace pregnant again, had Ashlyn. And I just, and I always say in 2007, we had Ashlyn, but in 2008, everything went crazy. Yeah. And I always feel that way because the exhaustion and both babies were not easy. They were, Anna they had Grace allergies. was severe allergies, was both pretty sick. Yeah. And I remember not sleeping and not having a peace of mind until they were like six and six and a half years old. And I, I remember talking to other mothers about that yeah. because I was so stressed out and they would go, oh, by the time they go to school around four, you'll get a break. You'll be, it'll be, you'll get a break. You'll turn back to yourself again. And when they turned four, I did feel like I had a little bit of break, but it wasn't until six and a half that I was like, I'm back move out. I'm back. Like I can really? think, yes, it was very, very hard. Their first few years. Well, I know that we, yeah, it was hard for her. It was hard for us as a mm. couple. And it was hard. I think we both had two different journeys. We were on. Um, she was on a journey of trying to take care of the babies and they were, Anna Grace was sick with the allergies and Ashlyn was, you know, she was, she had allergies, but it's not as severe. And, and then I had, I feel like it was, five or six when I quit my job. 2005 right? or six? Yeah, I think it was like 2005 or six when I quit my full-time job working as a nurse and I started doing television and stand-up full-time. And soon thereafter, I got fired. I was hosting a TV show called Black Man Reveal oh, on yes. TV One. And mm. I did the first season and then right after that, they fired me. And so like, I had never been a part of this business, so I didn't know, you know. And it was then that I remember just like I was living my own stressed out 
life and she was living her own stress out life trying to take care of the kids and i was trying to figure out how we gonna eat we had just moved out here um we had bought this house because we lived in inglewood and we moved out here to porter ranch and i re what i remember is being in my office and the girls were in the playroom playing and she was in the kitchen cooking and i remember going online to our online um banking and checking to see mm. where we were financially <laughs> and I will never forget like opening up the account and it said zero and like the chills that go through your body as the person the man that's supposed to be taking care of everything uh I, I've never felt that empty and one of my biggest things for me is I pride myself on the fact that I can financially take care of my family because I grew up in a house where money was an issue. You know, we'd have something we wouldn't. So we we lived around that. So I always wanted to not I always wanted for her to not want for them to not need anything, you know, and it would even be better if I could do it doing what I love to do, which is to make people laugh. And so that was a hard time. That period was really hard for both of us. For both of us. And mutually, because obviously the stress of having to take care of us and provide for us, mm -hmm. but our children were li literally, um, legitimately not well. Like Anna Grace yeah. was scratched mm -hmm. until she bleed. Right. She um, didn't sleep well. She was, you know, she was hair sick. Hair was barely growing. Yeah, the in. hair would fall out. So it was one of those things where my child wasn't well. So we weren't, her and I weren't connecting at all. So during that time when Anna Grace was so ill and, you know, she was uh, scratched until she bleeds, I would wake up and her sheets would be, had blood on them. Her hair was falling out. I remember it was a time that we were extremely, both of us, legitimately stressed and stressed out. Mm -hmm. My child wasn't well. He was feeling like he was struggling for providing for us. And we definitely were not connecting. I think a lot of it deals with age. I think, I feel like we were, we were 20, what, 32, early 30s at the time. Not that that means mm. that we didn't have the tools to communicate. I think this time that we have now has led us to be able to communicate better. But I don't think, I felt yeah. completely alone. Like he could only handle the stress that he was bearing. And maybe I'm speaking um, out of turn. That's for probably you. looking back. It's probably true. Mm -hmm. I could probably only handle. All I could see was, yeah, you going through what you going through. But if we get put out of this house, everybody gonna be like David couldn't take care of his family. So that was always my thing. So I was trying to figure out a way to make sure everybody had what they needed. Uh, looking back at what we went through back then, of course. I mean probably would have been better reaching out to other sources, you know, trying to find, even if it was counseling, even if it was uh, church, even, you know, all of those things, because we both were raised in church. We both have those tools. I don't think that, I know I did, I didn't use them. Mm. Like I, like I knew that they were there. And mm. so, I, Looking back, I, I find it funny that you said that because we did do that. We did go to counseling. We did reach out. I we I begged you to go to church. You went to church a couple of times. So I think <laughs> begged me. All right, I you ain't begged. You ain't gotta. 
you ain't got to make it sound like you was trying to lead me to the water of life and I just wouldn't go. But go on, Julie, but, tell but your story. But is it not true? I don't know if it's that true. You beg. Please, so come true. to Jesus, David. That's how you make it. We we didn't, we both was on two different paths for sure. And I think anytime you look back with time and age, you can always, I'll look back today, 10 years from now and go, we should have done something different or maybe we should have done this. You know what I mean? I feel like that's always the case. What helped me get back on the right track was time. Um, I feel like probably leaning on and talking to some of the other men around me um, might have helped. But I and I think probably one of the biggest things is the fact that I had my grandparents who were married until they both passed. Uh, I had them as a template and I kind of look at them as a, while they're not perfect by any sense of the word, they were successful in the fact that they, you know, they did it till it was over. So I think that was probably a, maybe some motivation for me. You know, I think for me, that's that was it. I think what helped me get through that time was um, learning how to detach with love, learning how to detach from him and to understand what he was going through, because I really felt like I was fighting for us. I was doing those things that you do, like begging to go to church and begging to get counseling, asking uh, people for advice, even calling his mother, um, reaching out, um, just doing what I could to help our marriage. And at some point I had to realize what was happening. I couldn't control it. I, I didn't cause this. And, um, and in that regards, I had to detach and really start focusing on my health because I was so exhausted and work, uh, just working to get myself stronger so I can be better for the kids. I can control that, but I can't control his anxiety, his stress level and the, everything that he was going through and how he was processing everything he was going through. Because when I reached out to him or tried to talk, I was faced with um, some anger. Um, you talk too much. I still hear that. Actually, you be we talking, haven't changed. Julie. We haven't learned you anything. You be talking, <laughs> which is amazing. But when you hear, you don't say nothing. I just but did when a these whole cameras go off, You will talk all night. Yeah, you I have was... all the stuff to say tonight. But right now, never mind. Go say what you're gonna say. Anyway, I that's was... how you got through, yo. Yes, I think I detached with love. Yeah, and that's true. And I and I and I started working in Atlanta, and I was working. I was writing on a television show. Uh, I stayed at my was that the first one? That wasn't the first one, but I went to Atlanta and worked on wrote uh, produced Meet the Browns for Tyler Perry, and it came at a perfect time because I didn't I wasn't here, and she was here, so I was living there basically, and she was living here, and I was making money and taking care of everything. Mm -hmm. So it gave us time to be away from each other for us to process whatever we were going through and then we could slowly incorporate ourselves back into each other's lives. The distance really did help. Yeah, the distance helped. Yeah, and prior to that, I would I was bi-coastal for like 15 years between New York and LA. And so we had to, I think our whole marriage at that time, the first, I wanna say first, four or five years of our marriage, yeah. we were the, we forth. had a distance to it and that helped us to maintain it to be healthy. And we had to learn to 
live together, I think, more so on a long-term basis. Later. <clears throat> Later, right. after yeah. the first five years. Because, mm -hmm. yeah, That's true. And that helped. I cover a lot of this in my stand-up because I believe that relationships between men and women are very complex and very funny to me because of the way that we expect things to be and we try to present things to be, and they're not that at all. Um, yes, I, I cut her off because I feel like it's going down a road that I don't need to go down. My mother's like that. My mother is quick to go, I don't need all those details. Just give me, and I realize that now when I'm around her, that I, oh, that's where I, I don't have the patience. I am also a television writer and that has affected my communication skills in, in this way. We're very, very married to words and what they mean. So like if I was to say something and I was to talk about two people and then introduce a third person and then you say they, I'm going to go, wait a minute, who's they? Because now there's three people involved. So it's not, so I'm so when she says little things, so we struggle sometimes to communicate and a comedian and a television writer, that's all I do is communicate. And it's, it has definitely made it harder for us at times to have simple communication. That is our biggest issue, is it not? I don't know, David. I think you just went on a whole diatribe. That's, That's how I thing. feel when I ask you a question and I don't get the answer. It's just like you get angry at times when you shouldn't be getting angry. You need to work on it. Let's move on. <laughs> okay. And you know what? It's funny how she says she detaches. That's what you do. That's what I do. I feel like that's what people do after a while. You just slow. No, no, no. Detach yeah, yeah. with love is totally different. No, from detach. No, no. I mean, okay. First of all, with love, whatever little word you want to throw in there to try to make it sound like you doing, oh, I'm, a, I'm attaching. You detach. I detach too. I'm like, you don't even, I don't even argue about certain stuff no more. I don't even address it because it don't matter. Mm -hmm. It's going to be an argument. I'm going to be wrong. So why? So I feel like this is what happens with people after you've been together. You don't detach as in we don't we ain't connected at all. I feel like we she's detached in some areas. I'm detached in other areas where it's like, whatever. Just it's, it, it don't. So, so you don't need to go over every little thing the longer you've been together. We grew to get to this spot. And I think oh, it's yeah. a healthy place to be. Yes. Yeah. Go. I'll see you when you get back. You coming back. <laughs> but, you know, but go, you know, and like it's the it's. He's saying go, and I'm like, bye. <laughs> and so, good. you know, I, I feel like I think it takes time to get here. That's why I laugh at people who have, you know, been married for 20 minutes and they think they doing something. And I'm like, you ain't doing shit. You wait till you got to wait till you don't feel nothing. <laughs> oh. And then you doing something. You know what I mean? Like when you just like, all right. Whatever. Like you just, and it's not that you don't love, we love each other, you know, but I think we've learned to exist and be real in this space that we're in. Mm -hmm. I said something, I don't remember something. It's very real. This yeah. is, this is what, this is what cracks me up. We were, I was arguing, I was, I was complaining about something. 
And she looked at me and went, stop whining like a bitch. And I was so angry. And then later I laughed so hard because I realized that she was right. Mm -hmm. Don't say mm mm-hmm. It happens quite (laughs) often, actually. (laughs) But it was like, it's in those moments that you realize, oh, we were finding our stride. And then we ain't got time to be too upset too for too long because we got these kids. You know, we got teenage daughters. So that's that that's a whole nother gear. We're raising women. Yeah. Yes. And I need to, and I'm trying to be better at showing them. I'm trying to be a better male figure as in showing my daughters how a man should love a woman. And I and and I fear that I fail there sometimes. Just because I have been angry. They have seen me yell and I worry about what type of men that they will allow into their lives because of what they've seen me do which is, you know, I've been angry. I, I will cuss everybody in here out. And, but I hope that they see through that and see that I'm here and I take care of all of them. Do you verbalize like when you're wrong to them? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I will tell my daughters. And when I'm, when I'm, when I'm wrong, if I say something that's wrong, or if I do something that I feel is wrong, I feel like it has affected them, I will stop and take the time to let them know that what I did and what I said was wrong. Me and Julie got into art. <laughs> we were we were shooting an Instagram video, remember that? Don't act like Which you don't one? remember. Just come on. Like we were shooting a video where I threatened to leave you and the girls for good. <laughs> I was like, I'll leave everybody in this bitch. Matter of fact, I'm leaving now. And my youngest was like, Daddy, don't leave. I was like, No, your mama know every damn thing, so let her do it. And I, and I just remember that they were so upset. They had never dealt with them. You know, I'm we're there, you know. So I had to call them everybody back in and apologize for my anger <laughs> <laughs> and um, make them realize that that was not the right way to. Every video, I don't know if you've seen anything that we've done on Instagram, but all of the videos we do, you can best believe that every one of them started <laughs> with a cuss out of all of us. All of us being here yelling. Maybe it's it's we, a mess. It's a mess, but I don't know why we keep doing it because I think we have fun. But so, yes, we do. I, I do try to make sure that I'm better at acknowledging when I've done wrong mm-hmm. and when I've said things that are wrong. Yeah, I think you're good at that. Sometimes oh. it takes some probing. I say, I say you got to get back in there. Yes, you're that's true. Yeah. That's true. Black is beautiful. Black is love. It can be seen 365 days a year, 24-7, and Target is here for all of it. Black Beyond Measure is Target's year-round campaign that celebrates and elevates the spectrum of Black love and success. From the multitude of commitments and investments in the Black community, to supporting HBCU students and uplifting Black entrepreneurs. Shop Black-owned or founded brands at Target, from home decor and candles to beauty, wellness products, and so much more. Surround yourself, enjoy, and amplify your Black love with the help of the Black-owned and founded brands at Target every day. Visit Target.com slash Black Beyond Measure to learn more. I, I think you've always said that. You've always said that having daughters, you know why God gave you daughters. Well, God gave me daughters because of what I did to these Oh, gosh, David, Julie. no. What? Julie, you say that God I gave ran you- through them. And let me explain something to you, Julie. Is this a family show? This is a, this is a show about real. 
You understand? And I don't care what the show is. The Arnold's is going to be real. Before I met, I was out here. And so when you said, I'm having a daughter, I said, that's about right. And then when you said, Ashlyn coming, nigga, another girl, I said, that's about right. I knew it. And I grew up with all sisters. So I've only lived with and around all women my whole life. So I don't know if having daughters have made me a better, because I've only been this. I don't know that I would be a different husband if I had boys walking around here. But I like being around all the girls. If we didn't have kids, we wouldn't be in here. She'd have left me long time ago. <laughs> you understand? Let's just be clear. We would not be on blacklove.com or we wouldn't be on none of this if it wasn't no kids. If we didn't have no kids, we wouldn't be sitting right here right now. Because it would be, but kids make you dig down and work harder, I think. Don't you? Absolutely. I think one, I don't completely agree with you what? on that. You've you've said you that. If you don't we agree didn't, what? You don't agree. I don't agree that if we didn't have kids that I would have left you. <laughs> okay. That's a strong possibility. Maybe I would have. But <laughs> okay. I really feel like I really, really honestly believe in my core heart that David was born to be my husband. I really believe that that we were we are um, each other's gifts from God and not, we don't always look. I do feel that way. I believe you. I don't, I believe you I don't, believe that. I believe that. And I don't feel like we always recognize each other's as gifts to each other. No, we definitely God. don't. We no. take each other for granted. We totally do. Every day. Completely. We struggle. Oh, we be in here struggling. struggling. <laughs> yes, we are. We're struggling right now. <laughs> Because I'm hungry. You want to go work? There's some tequila that's like calling my name. I'm like, I want to Some tequila calling your name, Julie. Some tequila. <laughs> you can't have tequila before we got here. I know. Oh, good. She should have poured it out for all y'all. Damn. That's kind of interesting. I know, right? I'm going to do a shot right now. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I'm just doing it. What? Was there oh. a time when we thought we were going to make it? Uh, that was five minutes ago for me. Yes, I left her twice yesterday. It, come on. Never left you, me. Julie, oh. let me tell you something. I didn't packed up a couple of these bags. Because I kicked you out. It don't matter. I was leaving. I <laughs> don't 100% matter. feel it does cross your mind in the day, during the process of marriage. Are you going to leave or not? Yes. I, I don't think you've been married unless you think about leaving. Oh, yeah. Oh, unless you done thought about leaving, you ain't doing that. I had a whole television show that I sold based <laughs> on this. My stand-up special, I, didn't I? I you mean, did. we sold, I, I, like, it, yes. Yes. The answer is yes. And I sometimes feel like I've been in this marriage, and this was honestly that 2008-ish, 2009. So this was <clears throat> 10, mm -hmm. 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. So I am I have passed this position mm -hmm. place. Mm -hmm. But I felt around 10 years ago, I guess it's around that seven-year itch that people speak about. Yes. That I literally was praying, God, get me out of this. I know you, you are going to get me out of this smoothly and easily. There's <sighs> less pain that I need to go through. But this man is out of his mind. <laughs> I wasn't saying out of his mind, but I was asking God, to, it's time for this to exit. Mm -hmm. But I'm so thankful that we grew from that. Yes. Those times. And that I think we that... are where, where we are now. I, lo I love my life. Does that time coincide with the, the 
professional lull and the kid. Okay. All of that. All Absolutely. of that happened in that in that period. Yeah, yeah, I think the stress of having young babies and not working on a consistent basis. Mm -hmm. I was, I I was working when I was prior to us getting married. I made more money in three days than he did in a month. Okay. First <laughs> of all. Don't Is it come, true? Julie, don't. Uh, okay. And the roles have reversed that, a little that, bit. A little bit. <laughs> okay. Julie, d first of all, don't, let's don't start this. You it's made more money a, in I'm three days than I made all week. That ain't true. I'm just saying recognize. But I'm you definitely making. made more money when we first met. But I had a job. I was working. You were just, you were working in your, you were like in your dream. I'm not discounting I was, that. don't, don't touch nothing. I was, you were, you was in your dream and I was, I was working during the day and, you know, trying to pursue stand up. But it's kind of like, it coincides to where we are now. That was my whole point. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. I'm working now. I make well. more in five minutes than you make all year. One hundred percent true. Since we since we talking about what people making. Yeah. I gotta be honest with you. What I felt about the income that we had, I never once felt less than. She never made me feel less than when she made more money than I did. And I don't think that it was like that because I worked a full-time job and I was work, I was pursuing my stand-up at night. So, and I was making, I would make money then, not, not, don't, 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 don't shake your head back and forth. I wasn't a consistent, but I would, but I'm saying the point is this. I don't think that her making more money than me was a thing because I had a work ethic about me. And I worked, I worked harder at night to be a comedian than I did during the day when I was a nurse because I knew that if I worked hard at night, eventually that day job would go away. And I think she recognized and respected my work ethic. So therefore I wasn't at home watching TV while she was out working. That's never been the case, even when I wasn't working. That's 100% true. You always, you are the most ambitious man that I know. You work very, very hard. Thank you. So what I appreciate most about David is his ambition. I love, isn't that a good, that's not good. Let's, Let me we'll say see. how you love me. Just keep your little, <laughs> let's hear your little pitch. No, I love your ambition. I really, I love your drive, how you're committed and you have the talent to back up your ambition, your drive. I love how your work ethic and uh, your thought process. That's all I got. That's <laughs> right. The sex ain't none of that. I ain't breaking you down right. None of that. I ain't gonna get no. You got all these cameras and you ain't gonna tell nobody how I tighten you up or nothing. None of that. Don't cover your face. Look at the camera and tell them, Julie. <laughs> Do that again. I'll look over here and let you go. You are ambitious. <laughs> <laughs> he tried. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. That is so funny. That is hilarious. Okay. Um, I think we need to kick the girls out, though. I think they need to go across the street. I hear them. No, if he don't hear them. That's funny. I thought that was for a second related to what he was saying. Oh, <laughs> I think we need to kick the girls Sorry. out. All right, go on. Um, so that's maybe, hilarious. Maybe uh, what do I appreciate about Julie? I do, like I said before, I appreciate the kind of mother that she is. And she is a fantastic mother. She is very supportive of me and my career in the ups and downs and everything that I've been through. She's never once 
showed anything but 100% support for what I do. When I was working, I mean, when I wasn't working and, you know, now that I am. Uh, so I, I, I appreciate that a lot. Um, I appreciate the, I appreciate the fact that she's gotten better at cooking because in the beginning <laughs> it was the bullshit, but now it's way better. It's way like she, she really like got it together. We, our first counseling session was about the oh, poor man. oatmeal that she was cooking for me. I couldn't take it. I had to go get a counselor to talk to her. So we have grown from that. So I appreciate that. Yes. And that parlays into your anger about insignificant things, about how is cooking oatmeal. It's in, it, That's okay. a good example. I ain't going to even bring that up. Let's, let's move on with the appreciation part of this interview. And I appreciate those things that you do. I have learned after 17 years of marriage that I'm amazing. <laughs> ah. I am phenomenal. Because <laughs> I deal with you <laughs> every day. Okay. I have learned that after, after 17 years of marriage, I have learned that I am stronger than I thought I was. And that I have grow, I grow in different phases, in different stages. And that this is a complete growing process constantly. I feel like you will always go through different phases and different stages in this thing called marriage. And, you know, I'm doing my best to be better than I was yesterday. Some days I'm not good at all, but after 17 years of marriage, I feel, um, I have to really think about how I've grown, but I feel like I've learned that I have a true partner in life. That's someone who's going to always have my back. <laughs> that's you. I'm talking oh, to you. You <laughs> about to tell me there's another nigga here on camera for everybody? All right, go ahead. I really feel like I have, there's nothing about like learning that you have someone who really has your back. And you feel it at the first, when you are dating and you're first getting married and you're going through that phase of the honeymoon phase, you really feel like, oh, this is exciting. But there's something that, that you learn over the course of marriage that about really having someone else's back and them, them having yours. I really feel like you have my back and you got me. When things get really, really hard in all aspects of my life, he asked me. That's good. That was a good little sound bite, Joe. We might use that. I actually meant it. Not when I meant it. I believe you. <laughs> I did mean it. Submission, um, obeying my husband, absolutely. Um, <laughs> that completely. You don't I try. I try. Shit. <laughs> I try to act like. Like that was something Submission. in our relationship. Oh, that no. is hilarious. No. She don't be listening to nothing. I remember a, one of my closest and dear friends when we were engaged, engaged or just gotten married. They had just had their first child, and we were <laughs> a, we were giving a baby shower. Me and the other ladies, mm -hmm. and we were exhausted because we worked really hard on this baby shower, and all the women 
at the, all the men were sitting down and after the women had slaved over doing this baby shower, all the men were waiting for the women to bring them their plates. And I was like, how are you going to bring them their plate? Shouldn't they, you, we just worked so hard. Shouldn't they be getting the plate for you? And my friend said to me, why don't you want to bring him a plate? And I was like, why doesn't he bring me a plate? Like I couldn't get it in my mind. And after 22 years of marriage, they divorced. <laughs> and I was like, because you kept on bringing him a plate. <laughs> And he didn't learn to get his butt up and help her out. Drop the mic. I, 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 that's probably true. I do sit and wait for a plate. <laughs> He's still I waiting. need you to get it. <laughs> but I will get her a plate. He gets, that's 100% true. I will get her a plate when 100%. she cooks. I clean, I clean up this house way more than she does. That's not true. Julie. I will give you the fact that if I make dinner, he cleans the whole kitchen, even if he's worked all day. I come home and don't even get back to my office and come in here and clean up. That's kind. That's true. No, but no. it's not because I don't keep a clean house. It's because <laughs> I've been busy. Generally, <laughs> come on. Should Let's, I tell you all the things I've been busy? No, doing? hell no. All I know is I walk in here and this place be tore up sometime. So now this is a good excuse. This this working perfect for your lifestyle right here. Cause uh, shit is everywhere. We getting the whole house redone. So the dust, she got an excuse not to do nothing right now, but that's fine. We have a give and take. There is no submission in our relationship. There's times when I slip into the make me something to eat, bring me something. I I, I do. I I have all sisters. Um, I grew up with my grandfather sitting there and my mother and grandmother and bringing the guys like that's how we grew up, you know? It was never a, it was never seen as a, oh, you better or a, it, we never, it, never, it was never, it never had a thing on it. It did have a thing on it at the beginning of our marriage, I feel. I feel like when we were dating, you kind of thought that that was my role and you expected that of me. But that's how I was raised. I understand. And I now... In retrospect, I could say, I see that's where you're coming from. And we had issues. To, I had issues because his sister would be visiting us in our kitchen and, and he would come down the stairs and he, she would say, you want, want me to get you some breakfast? Like she was going to get up and make him some breakfast. And I was like, but what's wrong with you? That? What because that she's you? our guest. You, me, we make her some breakfast. She doesn't need it. What's wrong? Why does she need to make you some breakfast? If she offered to make the breakfast, Julie, you let her make the breakfast. I bought the breakfast. So why the hell she can't make the breakfast? You know, it's the it's the, go back to the days of in the past. 1950s? You go out, no. Back when they hunted the food, we bring it to you, you make the food. That's the basics. Okay, how about this? If you want if y'all want me to split everything, then we split everything. I'll make half the meals, you make half the meals. You pay half of this shit, I pay for the other half. No problem. How about that? I, I got this. Julie, we be in this bitch starving. Okay. <laughs> Is there anything else you guys want us to know about 17 years of marriage? We are at four and a half. Barely a half. <laughs> you got today. anything you want to say? Well, they have twins who are seven months, so that's kind and of a a equivalent to 17 years of marriage in my eyes. Before. And the two and a half years. Yeah, they may, they may be better at this than us. We, we need, maybe we need to reverse seats. Yes, they need to sit over here. <laughs> we interviewed <laughs> him. Like, we got some questions for you. 
Uh, you know what I think it is? I think that 17 years of marriage, I think the biggest thing that you realize is this, you pace yourself. It's a marathon. It's not a 50-yard dash. You're not going to win every argument. You're not going to have every argument. You know, you're going to... Uh, it's ebbs and flows. Sometimes it's going to be great. Sometimes we're two people that there's been times we've been roommates in here and there's been times where we've been, you know, much closer. Like rabbits. I mean, I don't know about no rabbits, Julie, but you, oh, Julie, what's rabbits? Twice, twice, twice a week. Are you kidding me? We ain't talked about no sex. Day. You got off lucky that that subject didn't come up, Julie, because I got some stuff to say. We need a whole nother version for that. I, I think 17 years of marriage. Um, what do I have to say about after 17 years of marriage? I forgot. I was going to say. Other than the fact that you're fantastic. <laughs> that I think that is just, I think it's pacing. I think it, ah. this is the thing. It's, marriage is going to be hard. Mm -hmm. But I think that if you find it and you do it with the right person, it can be a little less stressful than it's going to be anyway. Because it's going to be. Even yes. with the, I, when I got married, I went into this excited about getting married. You know, I wasn't a drag me, was, I was never that. My mm -hmm. friends used to make fun of me when I, we first got married and when women would walk by, I would, I'd be the only one that didn't notice them. They'd be like, what's wrong with you? And you see that, you know, and I was, cause I was so, you know, into what I was doing, but all that stuff fades away. And you get left with the truth. You know what I mean? Start looking at other women. <laughs> Listen, somebody walked by, I got to look. I tap her. I go, you see that ass? And sometimes she'll look. And you know what I mean? Like, But this is the kind of relationship that I feel like we have because I think that we both want to be in here for the long haul. I, I agree. And I think what I've learned about 17 years of marriage is definitely the ebb and flows. I really believe, like, I remember when I was engaged, someone telling me there's going to be times you do not like him. There's going to be times where you're not in love. And that was so important because I realized that the times I don't like you or I don't feel like I'm not in deeply in love with you, that, that's just normal. I, and I feel also that marriage, there is a choice. Like I remember David saying, we're not going to divorce. We're not going to divorce. We don't, we, that's not. I might happen. move out and move across the street and buy a house across the street, but. We're together. Right. And having that security and knowing that, that's, that's where we put all our energy into it. This is it for better or for worse.